We're going to be talking about Enoch today. So, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 11, Genesis 5, and Jude, all at the same time. That's just the places that Enoch is mentioned, and uh, I think uh, we'll read out of Genesis, you know, I'm going to read all of these places, and it's, it's amazing how little is said about Enoch, but how much I can preach on him. It's just amazing how much information you can get out of so little amount of, of uh, actual verses in the Bible about a person, but he represents so much, and uh, I think you'll get a blessing out of this. So, in, in, uh, in Hebrews, we're, we're going through Hebrews 11, and it is going to take a very long time to get through Hebrews 11, just because of all of these different examples of people who showed faith. Now, how much faith do you need? You know, just think about yourself and how much faith do you need? Because it, it, it's all these examples of these people who had great faith. We, we think of it as great faith. Well, all you need to do is look at what... Uh, Jesus asks us to do is to have the amount of faith that's like a grain of mustard seed. That so small amount of faith is all we need if that faith is directed in the right way. And that faith is nothing to do, has nothing to do with what we think we can do, but it's faith in what God has said in His Word and we look at the Word of God, and what does it say? And who is it talking about? And it's talking about Jesus and what He did for us, so our faith needs to be in Jesus Christ. That's what it, where it needs to be. And when we put our faith there, over time, as we learn more and more about the Word of God, our faith grows and grows and grows. You know, you, you can think about David when he was very young. He, he wasn't even supposed to be in the battle. But we all know the story of, of David and Goliath. It was such an amazing story. That, he, he had so much faith to walk right down into that valley and to take on a giant. But it didn't start there. You, you go back and look at the story of David, and when he was even younger, he was able to protect those sheep. And it's, the Bible says that his faith grew because of the small things that he did early, and, that, and he started to notice that God was protecting him. Even though he came up against very dangerous situations, but God was protecting him, and his faith grew and grew, to where one day he walked down into that valley 
with all the faith, and he, he, it, it wasn't with any strength of his own. He had been offered armor. He had been offered uh, sword and everything he would need to go into the battle, and he, he was like, no, I'm just going to take these five smooth stones, and I'm just going to walk down there, and I'm going to tell this giant that he is offending the God of Israel, and God's going to take you out. And he had all the faith that God was going to do the job. All he had to do was walk in that belief. Just walking and believing what God is going to do. We have to be like that. It just comes down to, do we believe what the Bible says? Do we believe it? And too many people who call themselves Christians don't walk in that. They do, you, you can tell they don't really believe because they just don't have any uh, thing to show for. They, they don't walk and speak out the things that are in the Bible. So very little belief, and we need to believe what the Bible says. Now, uh, Enoch, let's, uh, let's read what Hebrew says about Enoch. It says, by faith... Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, look, Enoch he, he his faith did not get him translated. Now, what does translated mean? Think about what translated means. Um we usually say rapture. In the church, we'll say the word rapture. Even though the word rapture is not in the Bible, that English word is not in the Bible, but how we translate being caught up, caught up to meet Jesus in the air, you know, that, it, that word that was translated into English, it resembles uh, rapture, and it's where we get the word rapture from. And so we see caught up, we see caught away, we see, we see translation or, or being translated, and the, the meaning of translating or being translated would be to be taken from one situation or one place and to be instantly moved to another place. Well, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's read a little bit more here. And it says, so it, it was not the, his faith didn't cause him to be translated or raptured, that he wouldn't see death, but it was, it was that he pleased God is, is, is why that happened, and God did that to him. It hadn't happened to anybody else, but it did to him. And it's a picture of something that, can, that will happen to us if we, by faith, are walking with God. Verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now that hymn that we sang, talking about earning a crown that we will one day receive when we go to heaven, and what we're going to do with that crown is we're not going to wear it and be proud of it, it's so that we can take it off and cast it down at the feet of Jesus. 
That's what, we, that's what we're going to want to do with it. Are we diligently seeking the Lord? And why would you? Because He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We need to have this kind of passion in our hearts to diligently seek the Lord. So that's what it says in, in uh, Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 5. We talked last week about Cain, and he was in Genesis 4. And you had the line of, of Cain, and we saw how Cain had a son, and his name was Enoch. So you you gotta be you can't go into the you can't just say Enoch and assume that everybody knows what you're talking about. Most people will understand what you're talking about, but you need to make sure that they understand there was another one. And then there was another Lamech. Now if you go down the line of Cain, you will see that Lamech is the seventh from Cain. But then when you go over to the line of Seth, you see that Enoch is the seventh from Adam. No, no, I guess Lamech might be the seventh from Adam. I believe it is. I believe Lamech on Cain's side is the seventh from Adam. And on the, on the side of Seth, then Enoch is the seventh. Seven, remember, seven is a very important number when we're going through the Bible. Seven. Very important. And Enoch is the seventh from Adam. And, and we will see that uh, at some point. Okay, so now Cain developed through the line of Cain. That's where big cities came from, civilization, the sciences. You know, trust the science. Uh, we have all the metalworking, all of the instruments, you know, you take instruments and music and singing, and those are all very godly things, but the devil will take that and pervert it very quickly, right? Because it is a very powerful thing that Christians are supposed to do, and we are to use those instruments for instruments and singing to God, but yet the devil will take it and pervert it like everything else. The devil wants to take the good things that God has created and he wants to mess them up. And he does a good job at it. Okay, so uh, notice that when you're looking at the line of Cain, if you're in the Bible and you're, you're looking at the line of Cain, it doesn't say anything about how long they lived and then begat so-and-so and then lived so many years more and died. It doesn't say anything about them dying. It really doesn't say anything about them living. But yet, if you ask people in the world today, uh, how's life? And if they have a really big house and they got really fancy cars and they got a great job, make a bunch of money and they got a boat and they got this, that, and the other, uh, it would fall right in line with what uh, Cain's descendants could brag about. But are they really living? Most people think if they don't have all the things, they're not living. But right here, it doesn't say anything about them living. But when you get over to uh, chapter 5, and this is the line of Seth, it's called Cain being the founder of all false religion of the world, 
he killed Abel, and Abel represents the one true religion of the world, the shed blood of a little lamb. And then Abel carried his cross to his death. Abel was martyred. He was killed, and his blood was shed. And the Bible says that his blood cried from the earth for vengeance, and God heard it. Now, Seth, or Abel, was gone, and so Adam knew Eve, his wife, again, and bare another son, and then Seth shows up. And starting with uh, chapter, five, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Everybody needs to remember verse 2. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Adam that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Notice that he lived, he begat a son, and then he lived some more, and then he died. Notice that pattern. He lived, there was a new birth, and then he lived, and then he died. Now what about, the sec what about this next person, uh, Seth? And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos, and Seth lived, after he begat Enos, 807 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Again, he lived, he, he, there was a new birth, and then he lived, and then he died. Same thing happened with, with Enos and Canaan, and then after Canaan, same thing happened with Mahalilil, and then after Mahalalel, he lived and begat Jared. And then after, uh, and Jared lived, we're all the way over in 18 now, and Jared lived 162 years and begat Enoch. Notice, lived, a son was born, there was a new birth, and then he lived, and then he died. Now, why would all these he died, he died, he died, he died, be in the line of Seth, the godly line. But yet you don't see any death in, in Cain. You would think that's where the death would be. But you know what? The devil told Eve, you won't surely die. Did God really say? He, he started to cause doubt in the mind of Eve and Adam. Okay? People will, because the Bible says, in the day that you eat thereof, of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. All right? Does that mean on a one particular day? The Bible talks about day. And you ever heard somebody say, do you remember back in the day? It's a time in the past that you're remembering. You're not remembering a specific day. 
So God said, in the day, if you was to ever, it, whatever day that is, whatever time period that is, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Now, people, theologians, have had this tough time with this because people say, well, the Bible says that when, when they ate of the tree that they should have died that day. Well, they're not, first of all, they're not interpreting the Scripture right. So, you got people who can't answer that, and they say, oh, well, it was a spiritual death. Spiritual death. How can a spirit die? There are no spirits that die. So it's a made-up term by humans who can't understand how to explain it to people, is all it is. Okay? You better trust the Word of God. If you can't figure it out exactly and you can't explain it exactly right, don't try to make up things to make it fit. You don't need to do that. Just believe it the way it is, and sooner or later you'll start to understand these things that you don't now. Just believe it like a child. Believe it that it's true. So what they really mean is the Spirit of God separated because of sin, God couldn't be part of man. He, couldn't, he could not have the relationship with Adam that he had to start with. All right. So if you live a sinful life, you don't believe on Jesus, and then you are going to be eternally separated from God, right? But your spirit is going to live forever in the torments of hell. Your spirit's not going to die. Your soul's not going to die. Your body will die and go into the ground. So we have, I think this is a picture of us being born as humans, and we live, and then there is a new birth, and then we live in that, in, in, as, a, as a Christian, but one day we're going to die. Because they were told, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So there's, they started to age. If, as long as they were eating from the tree of life, were they going to stay that perfect age and live forever? I guess they would. The tree of life was right there. They didn't have to worry about death. So they would have been in that prime forever, as long as they had that tree of life there, and they did not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the day that they ate of the fruit their cells started to die. They started to age. And like uh, Joseph pointed out to me, he said, you know, you know, the Bible says a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. So within a thousand year period of time, Adam died. 900 and some years old. There's nobody who lived past a thousand. Methuselah was 969 years, and he died. So, in the day, and a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. So, it was within a day, in the Lord's eyes. That could be, that could be why they, no one lived past a thousand. Well, now, you're doing real good if you live past a hundred, much less a thousand. Okay, so when we get to 18, verse 18 of Genesis, this is where we see the name Enoch. Okay, now he's going to live, and then there's going to be a new birth, and he's going to live, but does he die? He doesn't. Look what it says. 
So, after, so Jared had, had Enoch, right? And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. And Enoch lived. See, see uh, Jared, he's probably bragging. He's, he's the, that's a long time to live, but he, he doesn't realize that somebody after him, not long after him, is going to live past that. So, and Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And where is and he died? Where is it at? It's not there. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. God took him. Now, Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. That's a different Lamech. This is the good Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. Out of everything I've read so far, do you, you can't tell that Enoch preached to a very corrupt civilization. He was trying to get people to understand that the way of the world was just falling apart. It's like, how do you know that? We just read two places where Enoch's talked about, and we don't see that. <clears throat> but he was. And we're going to read it here in just a little bit. But he was. That's what he was doing. There was a judgment from God coming. And there was no way that it was, you, you could stop it. And Enoch was trying to tell people about it. Judgment is coming. Now, I'm up here right here, and I am telling you that there is a judgment coming. There is a judgment coming. And you're, you're going to believe it or you're not. There is a, there is a, a time when you get to a point where there is no stopping what's going to happen. And if you happen to be past that point of no return, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Uh, there's a sign on the Niagara before the falls that says point of no return. If you're in the water after that sign, too bad. You should have, you should have heeded to the warnings that were upriver a little bit. There's signs back there too. And if you ignored those signs, and you get down to that last sign, and you're going by that sign and say, what did that say? It said the point of no return. <laughs> Ooh. You're going over that fall. There's no other way around it. So we've, we've, we've been told of all the signs to look for. Look for this sign. Look for that sign. And we have been seeing the signs for a long time. Don't let yourself get past that last sign because all you will hear. See, we are told to look for the signs of the times. Look, look, look for the signs. But at the end, it will be, you will hear. You will hear something. And once you hear it, it's done. You know, when you get past that sign, that last sign, you're going to hear the water going over. You're going to hear it. You know, there was a preacher who said, 
you know, there's, the way things are right now, we got to be close. And I quit looking for the signs, and I started listening for the sounds. Just listening for the trump, that thunderous voice. Okay, Lamech, if you, if you read on here, he lives to be 777. 777. He dies right before the flood happens. 777. Methuselah is 969. He dies. Lamech dies at 777, which is all right before the flood hits. Okay? So, all right, so we talked about Enoch right here. So now we got to go over to Jude again. Like we did last week, we're going all the way to the other end of the Bible, right before Revelation, and we are going to read what Jude says about Enoch. And these will be the three places where he is in the Bible. And this is uh, <clears throat> verses 14 and 15. It says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, there you go, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying... Now, no, if you, right, so you don't even know what he's talking about if you don't know the book of Jude. And Jude is talking about, just warning about false teachers, false prophets, and to be on the lookout. And remember last week, we talked about the way of Cain leads to um, running greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Now, remember we said something about uh, Judas Iscariot last week, how he was one of the very chosen of Jesus Christ, but he actually went the way of Cain, and he went greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. Silver. Was it 30 pieces of silver that he took from the religious leaders, and that was to betray Jesus and where did it lead him to? Right into going out and hanging himself. I mean, think about Judas. He not only was, he, did he just say he was sorry for what he did? He betrayed innocent blood. He said that out of his mouth. And we know how serious he was and how, how he was touched because he actually went back to the people who paid him to go betray Jesus. And they didn't want the money. They're like, that's blood money. We don't want that money. And Judas took all that money and he threw it in the floor and ran out. But he never turned to God. It says, the Bible says that he repented to himself. He was sorry for what he did. So just because you're sorry for being a sinner and you know you've made bad decisions and you wish you hadn't, uh, and, and, and you, your, your focus is on you and how I can improve, and I mean, let me go to a class, let me do this, that, and the other, and it's always focused on you, you're going to perish. Just like Korah perished, you're going to perish just like Judas did. You can be as sorry as you want and really mean it. Throw the 30 pieces of silver back in and then go and die and go to hell forever. Judas did not turn to God. He turned to other ways, but he didn't turn to God. And then he perished. He went to hell. So Enoch is prophesying 
about all the things that were happening in his time. And the same things are happening today. The same things. So he prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with, with ten thousands of his saints. What? This isn't, this isn't just rapture. This is the Lord coming back with all the people he did rapture. And he's prophesying about this way back then. See, he experienced something that we haven't experienced yet, and that is a rapture. Enoch himself has already experienced the rapture experience. He has done it. And he's the only one that's ever done it other than Elijah. Elijah was taken out of here in a whirlwind, so we, maybe that's a rapture. You know, here's something, here's something interesting. There, you can get on the internet, and you can look at all of these so-called Bible teachers and preachers and this, that, and the other. Most of it is terrible. You get on YouTube, and you look up all these different people that want to preach a message and teach the Bible, and most of it's trash. And there are people out there that say that the rapture is not, it's not something that we need to know about. And, and they will say, in fact, that it was invented by a person in, was it 1850? Darby. Was that John Nelson Darby? You know, I, I've talked to you guys, I didn't even know this when I got that set of books by Darby. What was that, a half a year ago? And Lee bought them for me. I saw them down at Scripture Truth, and I wanted them, and Lee saw that I wanted them, but I couldn't. I couldn't afford them at the time, and Lee waited till we left, and he was going to order them online, you know, and all that, but he realized he couldn't get it cheaper than Scripture Truth, so he called back down to Scripture Truth, and he said, I want to buy those books for Sean, and call Sean, tell him that they're here, and he can come get them, blah, blah, blah. All right, I got them. I, did ha I had no idea that that was the case with Darby when I got those books. I didn't even know who Darby was, but people will say that he's the one that came up with it. He came up with it. Have you not read about Enoch? How can you come up with something like that? And then, so Joseph and I, we, we had, you know, did some research, and we have found all kinds of people way before Darby who taught rapture, who taught about the Christians, true Christians, being taken out of here before the judgment of the tribulation. We found all kinds of people. I got, I got a list here, starting with Justin Martyr. He was way back. Irenaeus, Tertullian, Hippolytus, Cyprian, Clement, Ephraim, Methoditus, Victorinus, Augustine, um, Papaeus. <coughs> that's not the whole list, but that's just a whole bunch of people who taught it back in the day, a long time ago. Uh, I asked, I asked Joseph if he could give me a list. Uh, he gave me a whole page of information on three people that were in... Uh, see, Irenaeus was uh, uh, AD 186, somewhere between 186 and 188 AD. That's way before 1850, okay? And then we had uh, Victorinus, and that was uh, 240 A.D. And then we have uh, Ephraim, and he was in, in, they say, probably the 4th century, somewhere between 373 and 627 A.D. 
and they all taught about, and I, it's, it's right here. It's, Joseph wrote it out for me, talking about how terrible the tribulation is going to be and how God is going to take his saints out before that happens. So you can't, and, and I, I, when you look it up on the Internet and you say, did, did uh, Jarby say, invent it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you'll have people come right out and say, oh, yeah, that's definitely for sure. Okay. I, all I got to do, I don't even need this list. I just open my Bible up and I see where Enoch was translated. He was taken out of here and never saw death. Okay. How about, we talked about Elijah. He was taken out of here. He never saw death. They went and looked for him. Elisha said, no, no use. <laughs> no use going to look for him. He's gone. He's in heaven. And they kept saying, no, no, let's go look, let's go look. Elisha's like, go ahead then. <laughs> and they finally came back after several days and go, you know what, we can't find him. He's like, duh. That's not what the Bible says. That's just my, my, my uh, uh, interpretation of it. <clears throat> but I'm sure he wanted to say, duh, if he didn't. And then... Think about Jesus himself. In Luke 24, 51, he's telling them the Great Commission. He's talking to his people. And all of a sudden, Jesus takes off through the air, into the clouds, into heaven. And um, you can read about it in Acts as well. Acts 1, 9 through 11 talks about Jesus ascending up. He's just raptured right out of here. There's another rapture. That's talked about in the Bible. That's three. And then we have uh, Philip. Now, he wasn't raptured into heaven, but he was raptured to another city. He was translated. You remember that story? One of my favorites. You've heard me talk about it many, many times. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, and Philip just happens to meet up with him out in the middle of nowhere. And the Ethiopian eunuch is being washed by the word. He's reading out of Isaiah. And Philip is, how, how, how are they going to hear if it's not for the preacher? Preaching. Y'all got to go out and do some preaching. All right, so Philip came up, sat in the chariot, and he preached the Word of God. He expounded on what the Ethiopian eunuch was already reading. And he didn't quite understand because he didn't have the spiritual mind to be able to expound on the Word and interpret it correctly. But he was hungry, he was looking, he was diligently seeking God, and Philip pre preached to him, and he understood the Scriptures, and they said, here's water, and what doeth hindered me to be baptized? And, they, and Philip said, look, hey, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and, and uh, the Ethiopian eunuch said, yep, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and they went and got baptized, and when they come up out of the water, Philip was gone. God took him out of there, and he ended up in some other city somewhere. So there's another so-called rapture. Now, you know, we're, we're running out of time for today, but we're going we're gonna to pick up on this next week. And next week, we are going to talk about, I can't believe it's after 12 already. Um, but here's, here's, a, here's a couple more before we finish up. I want you to think about, what Colossians 1.13 says. Talking about God who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath 
translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The moment you believe, you actually believe the gospel story. The moment you truly believe it, this happens to you. Just as fast as God took Enoch from this earth and put him in heaven, he will take you out of the, this kingdom of darkness that we're living in, and he will translate you, instantly put you in the kingdom of God. Now, you, you, because you can't work your way there, but the moment you truly believe, he translates you into the kingdom of his dear son. And then, the sixth time you see a rapture or a translation in the Bible is in 1 Thessalonians. Y'all can be reading this during the week and getting ready for next week. So 1 Thessalonians 4 talks about uh, the church being raptured out of here, to, to being caught up to meet Jesus in the air. So write down 1 Thessalonians 4 and read all of 4, the whole chapter. And then in 1 Corinthians... 15. You can read that as well. I actually thought we were going to read all that today. So that's what you're going to be looking forward to next week. Um, can you think of another rapture or translation in the Bible after that? There's got to be seven, right? Got to be at least seven. We got two witnesses in Revelation 11. The two witnesses. And they had some power to do some amazing things. But the Antichrist, uh, the evil one, came and killed them. And they laid in the streets. They laid in the street for like three and a half days. And nobody wanted to do the right thing and bury them. They just let them lay there. And then the Spirit of God came into them. And they after being dead for three and a half days, they stood up in the streets. And God pulled them up, and they went right into heaven. There's seven right there. Seven, seven different raptures in the Bible. But oh no, some guy invented it. Really. So we'll get into more of that next week. And uh, you know, s something else to think about. In Amos... The little, the, the, what we call the minor prophet Amos, there's nothing minor about those guys, but we call them the minor prophets. But in, in chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Enoch walked with God. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So that means Enoch believed God. He believed God's way and they were able to walk together. He put his faith in God and God's word, exactly what we need to do. We need to, we need to diligently seek the Lord. We need to know what he says in his word so that we can be agreed with him, so that we can walk with him. Psalm 9.10 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that we would be a people who would <clears throat> want to be in the word. Father, that we would read it, we would meditate on it, we would pray it. Father, we would speak it in our everyday life. And Father, that we would have all confidence that your word is true and your word is the way. It points to your son who died on the cross. Father, you are able through, through what Jesus did for us that when we believe on him that we are translated from, the, from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. And Father, help us to believe. Father, help us with our faith. And Father, help us to go out into this world and to prophesy and to share like Enoch tried to do in his time. That the time is, 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 is getting short. <clears throat> Father, that instead of looking for the signs, we start listening for the sounds. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. <clears throat>